1: Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bunnaru. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The What? Which bands this year that matter? Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner.
2: The perfect summary for an artist like Sturgill Simpson. Wayfaring Stranger from Bill Monroe. Bill Monroe, not the subject of the What podcast this week. It's Sturgill Simpson. The reason why we start with Bill Monroe. Is because if not for that song, we might not have Sturgill Simpson recording music, winning Grammy Awards and appearing on the Witch Stage at Bonnaroo this year.
3: Yeah, I like that we're starting there, and I like that he is our second subject. Uh, we did Anderson .Paak, uh, the first one, and I like this one because there's a lot to talk about.
2: We seem to be very fond of artists that do not fit simple genres. Exactly. We like guys that are all over the place. In uh, words of Sergil Simpson, he literally says, I don't know where I fit in. He, and I don't think I know where he fits in either.
3: He doesn't. There's so many things I want to talk about today with this. And uh, w- one of them is just that. He doesn't fit. He has to make label people and radio people like you so unhappy. Yes.
2: <laughs> right. I love Sergio Simpson with all of my heart, uh, mainly because of that. Yeah. I love the fact that he uh, is not afraid to shake things up. That's Barry Corter. From the Chattanooga Times Free Press, I'm Brad Steiner from WDOD Radio in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hits 96, this is the What Podcast, a podcast featuring, showcasing, and shining a spotlight on all the artists that are, some of the artists, playing Bonnaroo 2018. This week's Sergil Simpson. Like you said last week, Anderson Pock, we got a lot of comments, a lot of uh, great feedback that we'll read later on in the podcast. You can always submit your feedback at the thewhatpodcast.com. It could mean Bonnaroo tickets for you. We'll tell you how to win those here in a bit.
3: Yeah, Bonnaroo tickets with with parking,
2: with parking and camping, camping, is a big yeah, bo- with camping, big, uh, big bonus. Plus, we've got a big update, a very nice announcement to share with you a little bit later on about next week's podcast the subject, and the guest that we will announce a little bit later on in the podcast.
3: We've, uh, yeah, I'm excited about next week's guest. We've mm-hmm. had a lot of comments, as you mentioned, from people who yeah. suggest that we have live guests. Guests, And uh, that was always the plan. It, it'll take us a little while to get yep. those lined up, but it's starting to happen. So,
2: Barry, if you were to uh, find success like Sturgill Simpson... Found success, say, when you were 20. How would you fare with it?
3: I would probably not be here.
2: Right. <laughs> you don't say.
3: <laughs> I don't say. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would not be. Here, I don't know. That's a tough one. I talked to a lot of artists in my job at the paper, and uh, it's interesting, the overnight, the literal overnight successes and the 20-year overnight successes, how they handle things uh, differently. You know, everybody's path is part of who they are. Right. So that makes a big, big
2: difference. Sergio found success mid-30s. He went through a long life of failures. Had a pretty modest background. The first male in his on his mother's side of his family to not work in a coal mine. Right, it's unbelievable. Uh, From yeah, from Kentucky, his his dad was was just like a police officer, I think, and really didn't think that he was going to do anything with his life, go anywhere. Sold drugs in high school. Yeah, Uh, so he did what. A lot of young guys do. Join the military. Yeah, join the military. Two days after high school, goes right into the Navy, uh, gets in bar fight after bar fight, living like a 21-year-old in the Navy, comes back, gets married, and uh, just goes from job to job to job.
3: Yeah, with uh, no point no seeming direction and at know. one
2: point at one point seating people at an ihop
3: yeah 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 imagine that he's the maitre d if you can <laughs> use use the french term
4: <laughs> i think uh, they're usually a host or a hostess
2: this is how sturgill described him finally reaching success so late in life
4: this is very important to me because my life has been a very long succession of lessons and even mistakes and bad decisions. And, and being given this opportunity now, I don't want to say late in life, but late in life for an aspiring musician. But I feel like if it, is, if it all happened at 23, I would have self-destructed. I wouldn't have used the opportunity for what it, what it can be used for.
2: And that success started with an album called High Top Mountain.
4: I'm getting pretty tired of the state things are in. Sometimes I feel like cutting veins, just watching bleed. I'm tired laying down, getting nothing on the other end. And people only want to be your friend when you got something they need. But how some days you kill it, and some days you just choke.
2: He writes High Top Mountain because uh, his wife basically said, uh, stop working at whatever job you're working and do this already because you're a much better songwriter than whatever crappy job you're doing right now. So let's pack everything up. Let's, Let's spend all of our money. Let's move to Nashville. Let's give it one more shot. He writes that album, and it's full of you know traditional country songs. Oh,
3: there's no question. Yeah, no question. I. It's funny er, earlier in the week when we were talking about doing this. uh, I said something about him being country, and you said he's not country. And then I listened to this record, and I said if he's not then. He's, he's not because of what country is in Nashville today, but sure. he is country. Sure. He's what country should be.
2: So I think that Sturgill and the Chris Stapletons of the world and Jason Isbells and maybe even uh, you can throw Nathaniel Rateliff in this, but they are breaking all the rules of country music by being country music yeah it is unbelievable that the the genre of country music has been so bastardized that he's on the outside right he's the outsider he's right. the weirdo but he's doing things especially the first album that is as soulful of country music as it gets
3: yeah it's what it should be and i'm gonna do something today with this i was thinking about this um that i don't normally like doing i don't like comparing artists mm. one i think it's lazy as a as a journalist but two it's not fair normally to the artist but you can't listen to him without hearing certain people right it's not a direct copy I don't think in any way and, and even if it is he does it so well because his songs are so good that you know you're kind of happy about it sure. if nothing else but we're going to hear it in the songs that you're going to play you definitely hear Waylon you definitely hear Merle Haggard and I hear some Van Morrison, which I think we'll get into. Interesting. In, a, in fact, it's funny, when I was listening to him yesterday, I, I'm thinking he sounds like a Kentucky-born version of the Irish born Van Morrison. Hmm. And that was before I even knew he was from Kentucky, so interesting me
4: pictures in the
2: gallery. I've, I've seen him say many times in passing that he doesn't necessarily understand the Wayland and Merle thing because yeah, he doesn't it. hear it. I don't think you ever hear what other people hear of you. You know,
3: if you've grown up listening to something, it informs your it's inside of you. I don't think you wake up and say, I'm going to write a Wayland song. Mm. I think with him, it's more the phrasing vocals that I hear the Wayland. Ah. It's not like he's, you know, uh, he's, he's not that beer-in-the-wall sawdust kind sure. of and It just sounds a little bit like wailing. Yeah. Uh, I think he, his uh, songwriting is
2: more moral haggard. It's interesting, too, because this is not somebody who necessarily grew up with country music. Right. His grandmother and his uh, grandfather put most of the music in his ear, and it was soul music. Right. The reason why me and him probably connect, or the reason I connect to him, I don't... If he connects to me, yeah. honestly. I don't know if he has the same <laughs> Maybe connection. Maybe a stretch. Maybe a reach. <laughs> the reason I connect to him is because he did nothing but grow up on Bill Withers and Otis Redding, just like I did. And that's that's what I listen to on a daily basis. And that has formed his early musical experience. And then he found rock music. Yeah. And then rock music changed changed this entire way. And then he found out that it's really easy to write a country song. He said one time that you can write an Americana song. But it'll take you five and a half minutes. We're a country song. I can say everything I need to in three. Yeah, she broke my heart. Yeah, so I'm done. <laughs> so, so his first album was a lot of "She broke my heart" right. and is a lot of life and love. And he asked himself, "There's got to be more to songwriting than writing about life and love." And then he did a deep dive into the bodily experience. He started. Tinkering Around with Acid, DMT, even read a book that was the inspiration to his second album, Metamodern Sounds and Country Music, a play off of Ray Charles's album. The book was DMT, The Spirit Molecule by Rick Strassman, The Phenomenon of Man. I don't know many country <laughs> artists that can quote a book like that as to be the, I don't see Sam Hunt. Finding that point of reference for an album. Yeah,
3: maybe not. He's obviously an intelligent guy. You know, he just uh, was looking for direction. To me, when you break down a song, it could be country, it could be soul, it could be so many other things. Even even a, a hip-hop or a rap song, they usually, lyrically, you know, it's the story. It's what it's about. It's just the music behind it that sometimes defines what genre it is.
2: We're all just reptile aliens, according to... Sturgill Simpson, the subject of this week's The What Podcast Spotlight on Sturgill Simpson. What's interesting about that second album, because it started from a place where he wanted to experience something outside of his body that was just more than love and life, and it got him to DMT and acid, he was worried that he was going to be listed as the acid country guy. He thought he was going to be forever and ever the acid country guy, so he stopped doing it. He doesn't do it anymore. Outside of, you know smoking weed on occasion doesn't even drink totally sober after the the second album he went on tour and got back home and all of a sudden he had a he had a baby the baby sort of changed his life the kid all of a sudden made him realize what's important and literally at that moment thought about quitting
3: yeah well kids will do that They'll... Well,
2: you think about quitting every day because you're kids... <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> different kind of quit <laughs> give it up uh, yeah
3: yeah he was going to uh and then you know we, puts the third one out uh i'm jumping ahead a little bit but had announced he was going to take a year off to stay home with family and then the third one wins grammy right all, all of a sudden i'm sure the label people said we got to strike while this fire is hot yeah so he's back out but i mean think about that how many people do you know that uh are so concerned about how they're going to be pigeonholed that they'll just walk away from something like right. hardcore drugs yeah <laughs> I mean, that's not
2: an I easy. I would never, sir, ever. <laughs> you're, no, you're no quitter, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he writes this third album, and why does he write it? Well, he wanted to do something different. He thought he had made his album, right. you know, meta modern Sounds. It was done. Kid was on the way. It's time to pack it up. But then he found a note from his grandfather that his grandfather wrote in World War II to his father. It was that note that basically said, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. And if I don't get out of it, here's what you need to know about life here's what you need to know about what I know, and good luck. And so he found that to be the inspiration for what would be his third album, which would be his major label debut, which would win a Grammy Award, and which would give him a platform to rail against the entire music industry. He writes an album for his kid. He writes an album that basically says, Son, here's everything that I I can tell you about life. A Sailor's Guide to Earth is possibly one of the best albums that was released in the entire decade. So this is an absolute masterpiece in my mind. I love everything about it. To me, what's the most impressive part about A Sailor's Guide to Earth is that he had everything ready to go. He had everything written, basically walked in the studio, took four days and said, all right, we're
3: done. Yeah. Which what, what I hear there is, is confidence, which is pretty amazing for a guy.
2: I was working at an IHOP <laughs> a few years That was seating
3: people at an IHOP. Actually, I never knew you needed to be seated at an IHOP. But anyway, yeah, no kidding. He's working at <laughs> an way. IHOP.
2: What a redundant job that is. <laughs>
3: Matridero ihop. I guess that means you clean up after too, sure. but Think about that. I mean, that record sounds so confident. And obviously, like you said, he came in, he knew what he wanted.
2: And he had that confidence without his longtime producer, David Cobb, David Cobb, who who produced the first two albums. And then this one, he produced himself, wrote all the pieces himself. The only thing he said he needed to figure out was how to match the steel guitar and the horns from the Dap Kings. Here, listen to the way he uh, describes the the process of writing an album for his, his newborn son.
4: I got to be honest with you, though. I realize there's probably nothing more cliche and novelty about writing music for your children, but I I felt that in itself would be a wonderful challenge to try to do that in a way that wasn't novelty or not saying it's free of cliche, but just
2: finding a new way to do that. Sturgill Simpson, the subject of this week's The What Podcast. Thank you for joining us on our second, our second numero dos. The What Podcast last week, Anderson this week, Sergio Simpson. Next week, a big, big get. I'm pretty excited about next week, Barry.
3: I'm very excited about it. Uh, I think it was on our top of our list when right. we dreamt of this. What, all of three weeks ago? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> right. Well, because Bonnaroo means so much to us. It has been our favorite weekend for favorite weekend of the year for what, thirteen years? Every yeah, every yeah, year, easily. And you and I get lost sometimes worrying about the mechanics of it, how the damn thing works, what's the operation of it. We almost get way too inside baseball, just around camp, wondering about how in the world they get water from one place to the other or, you know, who just booked that band? Well, luckily, we get to answer all those questions next week because the guest next week and the subject of next week's podcast, not an artist performing at Bonnaroo 2018. The guy who put the damn thing on, Ashley Capps, will be our guest for the full 30 minutes next week.
3: The man himself, the AC in AC Entertainment, co-founder uh, along with Superfly of sure. the festival.
2: No, everybody knows that they, they sold to uh, Live Nation a couple of years ago, and then he sold AC Entertainment to Live Nation maybe a year ago at this point. But they still have a major, major hand in everything that happens in and around that, that festival. Yeah,
3: they sold major control, 51%. So he's still very active. AC, which is in Knoxville, is still very involved from what I understand and from what I from what I had been told, Live Nation wasn't interested in changing yeah. anything. They just wanted to be part of it. And as we've seen, like you said, we inside baseball two years ago, we thought the sky was falling. <laughs> this is the end. Yeah.
2: Well, let's be honest. If if the playlist that you have on your Spotify isn't directly represented at Bonnaroo, you think the sky is falling? No question.
3: Year. No question. And and we always do it. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be changed and all that. But. But what Live Nation did was infuse a ton of money.
2: Yeah, into, which is why you now have flushable toilets. Exactly. yeah. Uh, into so, Great Stages
3: Park, which is the farm, which is where the festival is held. So,
2: so next week, Ashley caps this week's Sturgill Simpson. Last week, Anderson Pock. We got a lot of comments at thewhatpodcast.com, and every comment that we received is entered to win tickets to Bonnaroo 2018, as will your comments, suggestions, tips this week that you can submit at the thewhatpodcast.com. Dot com last week uh, Austin says loved it there's definitely going to be something I look forward to every week Anderson Park was a great start I'm looking forward to hearing your take on Brock Hampton you a big Brock Hampton fan there Barry Cor <laughs> <laughs> I, no okay <laughs> can't wait for Not that yet. episode. we'll see this is awesome from dean noah says really excited to see what you guys have in store
3: we got a lot of those uh we hit a nerve a lot of people commented that they'd been waiting or looking for something like this yeah uh which is great it's, yeah it's exciting thank uh, you reddit yeah <laughs> very much uh like the comments and the suggestions yeah like i said we several of them were have live guests and uh, as we are next week with ashley that is the plan yeah we, we've reached out to quite a few acts, um, and we'll have those coming up. Yeah, so. we
2: have a another big announcement, uh, another guest announcement next week during the Ashley Caps episode. So, brings us uh, to this week, uh, Sturgill Simpson, the focus of this week's The What Podcast. Now, uh, I have secured some Sturgill goodies. Some, some swag. Some things that Sturgill's people sent to us to support the podcast, and uh, we want to give it away as well. So, not only will your comments get you in for Bonnaroo tickets, but also your comments this week, get you in for a Sturgill prize pack. The list of things will be on Twitter at the what underscore podcast. You can follow us at the what underscore podcast for the list of goodies that Sturgill has sent to us or Sturgill's people. I guarantee you Sturgill is not packing the box up. And here's what, here's what you do. If you want in on this uh, Sturgill thing, all you got to do is say in the comment section, welcome to IHOP, (laughs) welcome to IHOP. I'll seat you now. My name is Sturgill Simpson, who, of course, the subject of this week's podcast. Now, Sturgill, not uh, not shy. He's a, not a shy man, and this success that he found later in life really aided him and helped him create a platform for artists that are totally shunned Not just by the industry, but specifically by country music.
3: Yeah, he's definitely some of the comments about the the election and current situation. You're exactly right. He speaks his mind, and he speaks his mind uh, in his music. Some of his lyrics, you you see it. uh, It's it's not all rainbows and unicorns, particularly. Regarding Nashville.
2: Yeah, and and a lot of people think that he's like anti the bro culture, the bro country culture that he's going after, Music Row, but he's adamant that it is not him versus any certain particular artist, it's him trying to create a place for guys like him to
4: succeed obviously there's a large audience out there for the kind of records that i'm making or a guy like chris stapleton's making or jason isbel's making and i have no problem with them selling the wares that they've been selling for 25 30 years but there's a lot of people out there that would really appreciate hearing the other stuff too and in a in a, a landscape of for what for what is essentially a dying and antiquated business model, I would think if I were running a label, I would look for ways to sustain my business.
2: Try so doing do it in a more human way, and uh, boy... When you hear A Sailor's Guide to Earth, you hear him basically saying, you know what, I'm going to do it my way.
3: I was reading the lyrics to another one of his songs, and the title alone tells you a little bit how he feels. Life ain't fair and the world is mean, which is a great <laughs> song title. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, I, to me, like that that specific lyric tells, tells you everything you need to know about, about Sturgill. I don't get any pretentiousness out of him whatsoever. He stands up for what he believes in, and he says it pretty, yeah. pretty eloquently. And, and honestly, he's far smarter than I. Yeah. And he can turn a phrase much better than I, but his lyrics are so simple, so easy to understand, and lack so much pretentiousness yeah. that I think that that's what draws me so close to him.
3: The first line to that very song is, well, that label man said, son, now can you sing a little bit more clear? Your voice might be too genuine and your song's a little too sincere. Mm.
2: That's pretty good. Yeah.
3: I mean, that that gets to what you're talking about with the whole Nashville thing and uh, being asked to change. The rest of the lyrics are about basically you write what I tell you to and then I'll handle the rest of it. Right. uh, I don't think that's the way he wants it to go.
2: No, that's exactly why he can put a song like Nirvana's In Bloom on his album because he's making his own rules.
3: Yeah, I knew we were going to get to this one. This is an amazing song. Been thinking about it all day, really. There are a lot of people that have taken someone else's song. Mm -hmm. and made it their own. You know, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles himself said, that girl just took my song with respect. But I can't think of another one where somebody took a song and just completely not only made it theirs in that sense, but made it theirs in that it's a different song. Sure.
2: And accidentally, too. He accidentally got the words wrong because he had heard the song a certain way and in his mind thought the words were something else. And when he recorded it, thought he was done Few weeks later, he gets a letter from the label. Uh, You got uh, some of the words wrong. Oh well, <laughs> forget it. I, I've seen Sergio live, I think, three times now, and every time the same thing happens during In Bloom, and I'll tell you exactly what that is here in a second. Listen. This is an extraordinary cover, and even if you're not a cover fan, In Bloom by Sturgill Simpson is is pretty remarkable. To me, when it is live, it's even more fun. Now, you are going to, because you listen to the What Podcast, you're going to know this beforehand. But what I want you to do when you go to see Sturgill Simpson, and I'm going to guess he's going to be on the witch stage. Do you know which day he's playing, by the way? Uh, I'll find out. Okay, so uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to know that In Bloom's coming, and then I want you to watch everybody else around you. Because nobody knows it's in bloom until he says, don't know what it means. And then the second they hear that, everybody starts singing. They lose their minds as soon as they hear, don't know what it means, I don't know what it means. And then the place loses its mind and then the, the crowd takes over and sings the rest of the song. It happens each and every time because that song is so unique and so well done. Nobody even knows it's a cover until 45... 50 seconds into the song.
3: Yeah. I, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. When it starts, I'm like, this is familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, like you said, it's so different that it's like, I'm not. That's Like I said, I, I can't think of another case where an artist took a song and just completely redid it. Number one, as well. Number two, as you know, made it his own. Yeah, as strong as that.
2: He just has something special, and you see it on the live show. And I'll give you a little bit of a clue. This is what I've been told. Now, I hope that this becomes true at Bonnaroo. But I've been told that you know he had the first album, which was you know straight ahead country songs. He goes a little acid based country in his second album. His third album is full of horns. Well, the tours that I've seen. He always brought the horns around because it was a really great sound that he created on A Sailor's Guide to Earth. What I've been told is that this tour that's coming up, it's just the original band. It's just straight ahead rock and roll country. We may not be seeing the horn section come this tour and come Bonnaroo 2018.
3: I don't know. He's Friday night. Uh, Oh, Friday night. night, Okay. Same night as Muse and uh, Bass Nectar, Khalid, Paramore. I'm going to. We don't
2: don't know the schedule yet, but I got to guess that he's going to be on the witch. He's going to be on the witch stage sometime at 5 o'clock.
3: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's pretty high up on that lineup. Yep. Um,
2: You think he makes the what stage? You think he's on the main stage? I don't know. He'd be the early. Could be. Somebody from Reddit, please <laughs> break this news for us. Durgill Simpson, the focus of this week's The What Podcast. Of course, listen anytime to whatpodcast.com, The What underscore podcast on Twitter. The What's podcast on Instagram. Having
3: him at Bonnaroo, and he's one of these acts, the, the more I, I dug into it this past week, that I think is he's one of those guys that illustrates what Bonnaroo does well. hmm Uh, Going back to that, he doesn't fit a category kind of thing, right? I mean, I don't think that they build based entirely on categories. You know, we need X number of this and X number of that. I think they just go get really good artists. Right. Make it work. Right, and what we've talked about over and over, the fans that go because it's that camping festival are there to hear good music, and I think he's one of those acts that uh, that fits that perfectly. I also think he's one of those for those people that you know want to pursue music. He's got to be an inspiration. He's
2: got to be. I mean, he's got so much success happening in such a short time frame. Right, this all just started. He's got that sound that sounds like he's been around forever. You know, you're like, oh, Sturgis Simpson. Yeah, I've been a fan of his for decades. No, you haven't. No, yeah, this haven't. just started. Listen to him talk about his recent success.
4: Well, this has all been very recent. You know, we went from playing to three or four hundred people to playing to three or four thousand people within two years. I'm I'm 38 years old, and I came into this game at a later point in life than most people in my position do. So I feel like a lifetime of less than desirable jobs and just being a normal guy. I'm far too normalized to ever really walk out there and just embrace all that in a way that, you know, myself and all the guys I play with, we're all very extreme perfectionists. So we just want to put on the best show, musically speaking, that we can every night. I forget that there's other parts of that that are involved.
2: Jurgill Simpson, Friday night, Bonnaroo 2018. We appreciate you joining us for yet another week of the What podcast. TheWhatPodcast.com. Barry Corder, thanks for stopping by and uh, guiding us through the career of Sturgill Simpson.
3: <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, I'm really glad we uh, we landed on this, and I'm glad people like it.
2: Interact with us. Win Sturgill merchandise. You get some Sturgill gear. Maybe Bonnaroo tickets. TheWhatPodcast.com. Just send us a comment today that says, Welcome to IHOP. Next week, Ashley Caps our special guest. Thank you again. Nick Turner, all graphic design. Lord Taco, the brilliant web design. Anybody else we should thank? Uh, How about Charlie Rose for uh, letting us uh, talk to Sturgill Simpson today? Uh, yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Hey, hey,
1: hey, hey. How y'all Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands this year that matter? Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Coyer. This is the story of the one.